While Chris is playing softly, get your Bibles out, turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 1. Habakkuk chapter 1, this is one of these books that you don't usually preach out of, but I believe it's got some things to say to us this morning. We've been dealing with you over the last few weeks on more than words concerning prayer. I want to talk to you this morning for the next few moments on solving the mystery of unanswered prayers. Solving the mystery of unanswered prayers. That doesn't mean that I have all the answers, and so don't, don't think that I do. But I want to give you some things to clue into, I guess, that would help us. Let me ask a question. How many of you, let me just see, by the way of showing hands in the balcony on this May 4, how many of you has ever had God to answer a prayer in your life? Let me see your hands. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Put them down. How many of you has ever had God not to answer a prayer? Let me see your hands. <laughs> How many of you would say along with me that when God chooses not to answer a prayer, sometimes we think God doesn't know where we are or God is not listening to us? God is listening. Let me assure you of that. He's listening. When God says nothing, sometimes he's speaking the loudest. Think about that. When God says nothing, most of the time he sometimes is speaking the loudest. Look with me in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2. Matter of fact, let me back up to verse number 1. Starts off by saying the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. O oh Lord, how long shall I cry? See if this doesn't ring true to many of us today. And you will not hear. Even cry out to you violence, and you'll not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife, there's contention. That arises. Move on down to verse number 13. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil. You cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours? A person more righteous than he. Father, I want to ask you right now to open our hearts and open our ears and let us see what you're wanting to say to us today. Thank you for the worship that we've experienced already. Thank you for the obedience of our people today to worship you and to sow into you and to your kingdom. Touch my lips today, Lord, and my tongue. And let me say exactly what you want me to say. Touch my thoughts. Let them be your thoughts. Touch my mind and open it up where I can receive what you're wanting to say to me today. We'll give you thanks. And we'll give you praise. With every head bowed and every eye closed still just want you to reach over and touch your neighbor, hold, hold their hand, or just touch them on, the, on their hand or something. I just sense a real sweet presence of God right now in this place. I don't want to move from here right now. You may be here today and you need Jesus. We don't have to wait to the end of the service for you to accept him. You can do it now. You may be here today and... And you're one of those people that says, God, why won't you answer me? I've pleaded with you. I've begged you. But yet it seems days has turned into weeks and weeks has turned into months. And yet I still hear nothing from you. What am I supposed to do? You may be here today and there's trouble in the, in the family or there's things that's going on and you may be despondent you may have felt like what's the use can I tell you God's still looking after you 
Can I share with you my heart and let you know that God still loves you? God still knows exactly where you are today. His eyes is not dim. His reach is not short that he can't find you. Trust in him. Lean upon him today. And allow his presence to move upon you today in the name of Jesus. Touch us, Lord. Touch our friend. Touch our neighbor. Touch our spouse. Touch that person that we're sitting beside today. Let your presence fill them. Let your presence fill them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Chris. Amen. Unanswered prayer. Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? I've been there many, many times where you've prayed and God says nothing. I've been there, Sister Pat, many, many times where, oh boy, I was really serious with me, but God, yet God seems that it wasn't too serious of a thing, apparently, because he never answered. Then there's been moments where I really just opened up and said Jesus and the answer automatically came. It, just, it was just there. God's strange about that. His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes I think we get that confused with who we are as individuals and understanding that we think we know it all. And let me, let me help some of us. We don't know it all. We know some, but we don't know it all. God's ways are so much broader and so much bigger than our ways. And my, my command, his command to me is to trust in me, to lean upon me, even when I don't understand things, even when it doesn't seem like that things is going the way that I want them to go, then trust in me. Pope Benedict XVI went to visit Nazi, uh, the concentration camps of where all of these atrocities had taken place and he remembered all these things and stories that he read but he went to visit that area he had an entourage that was following him and they passed the brick barracks and the stone walls of all the remains of the of the crematoria that was there and the gas chambers where they say 1.5 million people had been slaughtered in the holocaust that we read about and we watch television shows about and while he was there, that religious leader offered a prayer, and he asked the questions that all of us have asked in our lives. Why, Lord? Why? Why did you remain silent? He prayed, and people gathered, and he asked this question, where was God in those days? We've asked those same questions. Why was he silent? How could he permit the endless slaughter, and how could he permit triumph over the evil to triumph over good. And we've all, as I said, we've all had those prayers. We've all said those things. And why does it seem that God is sometimes mute and, and silence and disappointment and doubt and, and suffering sometimes seem to be common to many of us? Believers today are familiar with trouble. Believers today are familiar with tragedy. Most of us have been surrounded by darkness at times and that seemed to indicate that God was hiding his face. We prayed in desperation and God said nothing. No brilliant flash of light, no timely deliverance, no revealed path or no direction, just silence. The scripture tells us here in Habakkuk chapter 1 that the prophet asked God the same question, Lord, how long? How long, Lord, must I call you for help and you're not going to listen? How long, Lord, do I cry out and I cry violence, but, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at all the injustice that's, that's all around? Why do you tolerate the wrong things that's going on? Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? I don't know about you, but even in the past several months, I've prayed that prayer. Maybe not audibly, but in my mind, I've prayed that prayer. God, why are you allowing some things to happen in our world that's going on? These questions, every one of us, they nag at us at times. And uh, many times it's the most inconvenient of times that, these, that we ponder these things. Yet while we look at these unanswered questions... The Word of God, when we look into the Word of God, it fills us with hope and it fortifies our faith. God does speak to us. 
Let me say that one more time. He does speak to us. Even in his silence, he speaks to us. So let's look a little bit about God's silence. And I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to do more teaching, I guess, today than anything, but I want you to listen to me. Because I guarantee you, if I would ask every one of you to stand up, if this ever bothered you before, every one of us probably would get on our feet and say, Lord, it's bothered me before. I've asked why many, many, many times, right? So let's look at this. It's not the voice of God that surprises us. It's not the voice of God that baffles us, Sister Mavis. It's his silence at times. It's not his voice. It's not, it's not those things. It's his silence. We, we long to experience his presence. But there are times when God just doesn't seem near. Pastor, I come this morning needed a pickup. I come this morning needed encouragement. I come this morning that you was going to say some things, boy, that get me excited. Well, hold on. We're going to get there, but let's just deal with some real practical stuff that every one of us walks through. Every one of us. We might as well go ahead and accept it. We all walk through this thing. We pray earnestly, and God doesn't seem to hear us at all. Somebody said, God always answers prayer. He says yes. He says no. He might say, wait a minute. But all of us have prayed when we've heard neither either yes, no, nor wait a while. We've not heard anything. To us, it seems that God simply says nothing. And there's some reasons for that. And when I give you these reasons this morning, I'm not saying that that's possibly your situation, but it could be. I want you to just listen to me. God is sometimes silenced in the face of unrestrained evil. Matter of fact, Psalm 73 said this, I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They're not plagued with human ills. Pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. <laughs> Excuse me. From their callous hearts come iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds, they know no limits. What are you saying in that scripture? When life seems unfair and justice is, is thwarted, God often seems to be doing nothing and saying nothing, and we wonder where is the voice of God many, many times in our life. Why isn't he thundering in judgment? I mean, let's just be real. I've made this statement, God, if I was God, I'd take some folk out today. Hello? If I was God on the throne, they wouldn't be in my face anymore. If I was God on the throne, I'd get rid of a lot of politicians. Hello? If I was God on the throne, there's just some things I'd take care of. But aren't you thankful I ain't God today? Amen. And I'm thankful you ain't God today. And I'm thankful God is God today. And God knows best today. Amen. During World War II, millions of Christians prayed for the death of evil leaders who were, who were bent on conquering the world. They prayed for the death of Hitler. They prayed for the death and defeat of the Nazis. Yet it took years of bloodshed before this was accomplished, before it was over. The, the horrible and the horrific things of the Holocaust that had stamped the face of history with an inedible blot. How could God have remained silent during these times? The tragedy of 9-11 occurred not because somebody wanted to make a statement, but because of evil in the hearts of the human instigators. Whether you believe this or not, or you're too naive to believe it, there's evil people in the world today. There's folks in the world that does not like you. Matter of fact, the devil doesn't like you either. My Bible tells me he's out to rob, steal, kill, and destroy you if that's what he could do. Amen. So just because you may be liked everywhere else, you need to understand everybody don't like you. They told me years ago, as, as far as being a pastor, pastor, don't get upset when somebody gets mad at you. Everybody ain't going to like what you say. Everybody's not going to like you. Well, I've considered myself always growing up a pretty good little fella. I've been nice. I've been kind. I've been all of that. To it, but can I tell you, everybody does not like your pastor this morning. Now, I hope you do. Amen. Thank you. Need a little confirmation this morning. <laughs> but even today, we look at our television set and evil is triumphing, it seems like, over good. Injustice wins over what is right and what is fair. Evil runs rampant, it seems like. And sometimes you hear these things on television and you, and you read these things in the newspaper, you say, how in the world can people believe this? 
How in the world can people buy into this thing? Because it's totally inaccurate. Despair seems to be a stronger force than hope, and we struggle to understand why, why a just God can allow these things like this to happen in this world. And we're perplexed at times about the reality of things that's going on, of all the evil around us, without seemingly answered questions. How can these things be? Could be God is sometimes silent in the face of unrestrained evil. The other thing I found out is God is sometimes silent in the face of unexplained suffering. Unexplained suffering. Job 30 and 20 says this, I cry out to you, O God, but you do not answer me. Why did Job suffer? You ever ask yourself, why did Job suffer? I mean, we wrestle with the same problem of, uh, of this suffering and why do bad things happen to good people? I've prayed it many times and, and there's been book after book wrote upon it. Why would, a, why would a minister who is doing good and blessing so many people, why would God take him out in an automobile accident? Why would a pastor just a few weeks ago, a few months ago, that I've read about and you read about and you saw on your television set that had a young wife and three young kids pastoring a large mega church, why would he kill himself? Why does these things happen? Why is a small child a source of joy to his parents and grandparents and the apple of their eyes? Why is it hard that that, that young child snatched from them at an early age by an incurable disease? Why is our husband, why is our wife, why does things happen like this? That we feel separated at times and we lose people in death. Why, why does these things happen? Why does a beloved saint suffer like Job? Unexplainable misfortunes and nearly unbearable pain. Why do our kids act the way they act when they were brought up in the house of God? Why does it seem like they turn away from God at times and they run after the things of the world? Why, why does all of these things happen in our life? Sometimes God is silent in the face of unrestrained suffering. Sometimes God is silent in our unrelenting quest that we have for guidance. I don't know about you, but almost daily, Sister Marilyn, a prayer of my life, God, guide me today, right? Order my footsteps today. Let me understand the direction that you want me to go. Let me go. Let it just be more than words, God. Let, us, let this prayer be a reality in my life. Guide me today. Job 31 and 35 says, Oh, that I had somebody to hear me. Let the Almighty answer me and put, put his in, in, in indictment against me in writing, Job said. So at least I'll know something, in other words, that I can understand something. Desperate to know that God was hearing him. Job asked for the reassurance, basically, of as we know it today, God, give me a text message. Just let me know what's going on. He sought a memo. He sought something that God could say to him to let him know what was going on. And as believers today, we, we desire to know the will of God. At least I think every believer, that's your prayer. God, let me know your will today. We seek guidance and we seek direction in our lives. And God speaks to us through his word. But life hurls questions at every one of us that we simply cannot find in scripture. Sometimes we cannot detect his, his clear leading and we're left to fumble our way along. Sometimes we don't know if it's right or we don't know if it's wrong and we'll fuss at this and we'll fuss at that and this denomination is right and this denomination is wrong and back and forth we go and although God speaks to us through his spirit there are times when the sounds of silence drowned out the voice of almighty God his silence is too often it's deafening to our ears if he would only speak to us if he would draw us a map if he would show us an agenda and tell us the future and indicate what direction we should take then everything is going to be okay sometimes God doesn't do that well pastor you ain't got me really believing and trusting God yet I was thinking about joining up on your team but I don't know about it yet just hold on the sounds of God's silence we hear God's voice many of us would agree a thousand different ways he speaks to us through worship, like we was doing just a few minutes ago. He has spoken to us. He speaks to us through prayer. He speaks to us in our conscience. He, he speaks to us in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
God speaks to us even in nature. There is no speech, no language where his voice is not heard. Matter of fact, Job 37 said this, God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. I was talking to a, a gentleman last week in my office, and this is, this is what he said. He had no clue what I was preaching on today. We got to talking about God and the presence of God. He said, there's, there's a couple of things that when I'm there, he said, I feel his presence. He said, when I'm in the middle of the woods, and it's beautiful out there, and I look at the nature of God, he said, I sense the presence of God. He said, when I stand on an ocean and on a beach somewhere and I look at the vastness of the water, he said, all of a sudden God just shows up in my life because I'm thinking, this is a big, big God. You may be differently. It may be other things that God, but I, I, I'm, I'm an individual that loves nature. I love the beautiful things that, that God has created. I, just a few days ago, the guys got back from the Smoky Mountains. If you've never been there, you understand what I'm saying. If you've been there, you, you, you get it you, you, because it's so beautiful over there. It's beautiful. But you look at the vastness of this universe and God speaks to us in marvelous ways. He speaks to us in tragedies. He speaks to us in triumphs of history, in changing checkerboard or, or current events that's in our life that changes all the time. And in the chaotic threats of all of these scenes in our life, God speaks also in his silence. There's a man by the name of Thomas More wrote a book by the, name, by, the, by the name of A Man of All Seasons. This was a 16th century Renaissance writer, and, and he, he, was, he was being tried for treason in London. And when he refused to answer the questions of his critics, Cromwell, the prosecutor, said, So silence can, according to the circumstances, speak, and speak loud. You remember there was another time in history, Jesus was standing there, and he was asked questions, and he said nothing. He said nothing. Sometimes God just don't hear us. Why is that, Pastor? Why, why is that sometimes God does not hear us? Well, there's several reasons. <coughs> Some of those is this. Sometimes there's evil in our lives. Well, Pastor, I'm coming to get encouraged. You're not encouraged me yet. Well, let's just think about these things. Sometimes there's evil in our lives, and that'll keep God from hearing us through our prayers. Now, listen, we live in a culture today to where we feel like we can justify everything, and it's okay. We feel like we can justify everything according to the word of God, and it's not okay. If you're not following the book, you better line yourself back up with the book. Amen. You better line yourself back up with the word of God. Because this is the roadmap how to get there. This is the roadmap how to get to heaven. It's not what I say and it's not what you say, but you better back everything up I say through the word of God. Amen. We got to have the word of God in our life. And when the evil is present and the word of God is not there, that'll keep God from hearing our prayers. Matter of fact, the prophet Isaiah said in 59, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear is too dull to hear. But your inquiries have separated you from the Lord. Your sins or your iniquities have separated you from God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Now help, help, help us here a little bit. Because we're so prone many times that again, we justify everything. We feel like we can do whatever we want to and we'll just go back and say, hey, God, bless me here, forgive me here. Well, we gotta be careful with that. God can forgive us. But if it's not in our heart to be forgiven, you ain't gonna be forgiven. Hello? Is that all right? I've gotta trust God with everything within me. If I've, if I've committed sin, sister, and I, and I seriously go back to God and I ask his forgiveness, I've got to turn up, make about face, and leave that sin. I can't join up with it the next day. I can't join up with it. I can't play with the enemy and think everything's going to be okay. I'm expecting God to answer my prayer. I'm expecting God to give me a, a wonderful day. I'm expecting God to, to touch my family. I'm expecting God to do this, that, and the other. But yet I've got a hold of God in one hand. I've got a hold of the enemy in the other hand. And it ain't going to work. I'm straddling the fence, so to speak. Hello. And I've got to make up my mind one way or the other. So sometimes God does not hear that, that evil in our life. Sometimes God can't hear if we have an unconfessed sin in our life. Can't hear it. Hidden, hidden by others, possibly. Nobody knows what I'm doing in the privacy of my own home. 
Nobody knows what I'm doing in the privacy of my own bedroom. Nobody knows when it's all dark outside and nobody sees what I'm looking at on the computer. Nobody sees what I'm looking at on my phones or my, or my iPads. Nobody understands all the phone calls all my, I might get or I might make. Am I, getting, am I getting close to us today? We think nobody else watches, but I'm going to tell you, there is somebody that understands what you've got going on. God Almighty still sits on his throne. He still is watching after you. He still knows exactly what's going on in your life today. And if there is unanswered prayer, it could be because of unconfessed sin. Psalm 66 tells us, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Disobedience. Disobedience. Sometimes God can't hear us because of disobedience in our life. It keeps God from hearing us when we pray. He speaks to us. Zechariah 7 and 13 said, when I called, they did not listen, so when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord. I mean, how much more plainer can you get? Because you've not listened to me, I ain't gonna listen to you. Hello? Have you ever went to talk to somebody and you was asking them a serious question but you could tell just by looking at their face they ain't paying you no attention whatsoever? Hello? They're not listening to you, they're looking right past you and all of a sudden there's something rises up within you and you said, I ain't gonna talk to you no more because you ain't listening to me anyway. Hello? I've counseled people before in my office and I've talked to them over and over and over again and they come in there that one last time and I've even been bold enough to say, hey, I don't want to talk to you no more. Well, pastor, that ain't right. That's ugly. It may be ugly, but I'm sick of talking to them because they ain't listening to me. Is that all right? You know what I mean? So they're not listening. You're not, you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're not listening to what the Word of God says. And many times, if we're not willing to follow what the Word of God says, God says, as he told us this in Zechariah, when they called, they did not listen. So when I called, or when they called, I ain't going to listen either. <coughs> God may be speaking, but we just can't hear him. Acts tells us the Apostle Paul said to God one day, is not far from each one of us. And God said, said that God is not far from every, every one of us, and he's not. All we got to do is call on his name, right? Just call on his name. Yet he seems distant at times because we are too far away. It's, our, it's, 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 it's in our hearts that we're too far away. God constantly expresses and he demonstrates his love for us. He regularly shows us his power and shows us his blessings. It's just that too many times we are so far away we cannot hear God. Now listen, let me, let me help some of us. If it has taken you two years and you've walked outside of the umbrella of the, of the Almighty. I'm not saying God can't do anything. God can do whatever he wants to do. God can instantaneously put you right back into relationship with him. But listen to me. There's going to be some times that the situations that you're involved in is going to take, take some time to get over. Is that all right? They're going to take some time to get over because you're so used to walking down this path. If you were somebody growing up and you had a, a foul mouth, let's just use that example. You had a foul mouth growing up. You said every four-letter word in the book and God gloriously saved your soul. There's times that that language that you spoke is going to take some time to get over. You may slip a word every now and then. Now, the enemy will use that too, and this is not my message, but, but he'll use that too thinking, well, you're not, you're not saved, you're not that. Don't allow the enemy to mess you up. You're just trying, you're trying to get sanctified. You're saved, but you've got to get sanctified and get God into your heart. God may be speaking, but we just can't hear him at times. Maybe it's called impaired relationship. It keeps us from hearing God. They push us away not only from one another, but from God. Listen to me. Listen to me, church. If, you have, if you're in a relationship, now I know I'm, 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 I'm stepping out on a dangerous, dangerous board right here. Dangerous board. I don't know if I should or not, but it's dangerous. But if you're in a relationship, and I'm not talking about if you're, not, if, you're, if you're married. If you're married, that's a whole separate ball game. But if you're stepping out somewhere and you got a relationship that's not good for you and they're not good for your relationship with God, you better ask yourself some questions. If you've got friends that, that is, that is that's, that's, that's pulling from you instead of pushing or putting in you, you better ask yourself some questions. Hello? It's not worth a life of misery. 
Amen, pastor. That's good preaching. Amen. Sometimes our friends push us away from following after God. Peter tells us, husbands, be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Nothing will hinder your prayers. Here's a big one right here. Sometimes we got hidden idols in our life. Hidden idols in our life. Pastor, what are you talking about? We've, we've got hidden idols in our life. Now, now I know we're not back, we're not back in, in biblical times. But in biblical times, they would have these idols set in their homes, in their temples. They would go and worship these idols of Baal. and They'd worship all these things. The idols today, is not, that's not what I'm talking about right there. That's not what I'm talking about. Comprise, they, hidden idols comprise uh, barriers that separates us. Ezekiel tells the son of man, these leaders have set up idols in their hearts. They have embraced things that will make them fall into sin. Why should I listen to their request, God said. Idolatry, idols. In this century, America, it doesn't, doesn't look like idolatry in ancient Israel. Things we cherish in our hearts more than God. What is it in your life that is more important than God? Because if there is something that's more important than God, it's an idol in your life. It's an idol in your life. Now, I'm fixing a, a step out on another dangerous board right here. I'm, I might as well just go ahead and step out. How many of y'all got one of these? Raise your hand. Everybody. <clears throat> I don't know what we've done without one of these phones a few, several years ago. How did we make it, right? But here's the thing I've noticed about one of these phones. It's amazing to me how, how important we think this thing is. Now, what I'm fixing to say, I imagine some of y'all will get a call right after I say it. You're sitting in the house of God, and God is moving, and his presence is moving, and you get a phone call, and you jump up, and you go out and answer it. I wonder what God thinks about that. God's moving through tongues and interpretation. He's moving in his presence. God is talking and speaking to our house, to our house. but yet something happens on the phone, a text message or a, or a phone call. We jump up, and we run out because we think that's important. Thank you. You don't have one, do you? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to do away with my phone. It helps me a lot. It really does. I, I keep notes on it. I keep numbers in it. I, I, my Bible is on this phone. I got everything on this phone. I've got numbers on this phone that I don't want you to know about. So don't steal my phone. But, Brother Bud, if this right here gets to be more important than my Heavenly Father, this is my idol. And I can't, I can't allow this phone to be an idol in my life. It cannot be an idol in my life. So there's hidden idols that we have. And I've got to hurry up. Time is leaving me today. Stopped up ears can be a, can be a hindrance. Another condition that keeps us from hearing the word of God. Ezekiel 7, 11 says, They refused to pay attention stubbornly. They turned their backs and they stopped up their ears. They made their hearts as hard as, as Flynn and would not listen to the words of the, of the Lord Almighty had sent by his spirit. And so the Lord Almighty was very angry. And when I called, they did not listen. And when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord. Stopped up ears. Have you ever wondered that sometimes that God may have a better plan for you than what you think? God may have a better plan. That's why he's not answering some of the questions that you're asking. He may have a better plan than what we could ever ask for or even imagine. Elihu rebuked Job for accusing God for not speaking. He said in Job 33, why do you complain to him that he answers none of man's words? For God does speak now one way, now another. Though man may not perceive it, is answering Job's question. He said, does any good come out of suffering? And Paul is saying in Romans, yes, sometimes there's some good that can come out of suffering. Suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope produces on and on we could go hello so sometimes yes there's some good that can come out of the suffering that we have 
Matter of fact, when I read in my scripture some 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus was crucified on the cross of Calvary. In reality, Good Friday was a, was a gruesome Friday. He had already suffered mercilessly. Hours of sham trials followed by a beating on his naked back by the Roman soldiers. His face was streaked by blood from a crown of thorns. He was nailed to an old wooden cross. Soldiers lifted that cross and planted it in the earth for six long torture hours the Bible said he hung there silhouetted between earth and silhouetted between the sky his pain was unimaginable his suffering was unbearable finally in agony he looked up the best that he could and he prayed a prayer in Matthew chapter 27 that says my God my God why have you forsaken me suffering but I'm glad that he did it why pastor because we're able to be here today. We're able to be saved today. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You'll not find anywhere in Scripture that you'll see God answering him. God was silent. There was no lightning bolt that flashed from the sky to melt the nails that, that held him there. There was no host of angels to fight off the demons of hell. There was, there was to minister unto the suffering Savior. There was no earthquake to swallow up this, this mob that was around him and scream for him to be put to death and to crucify him. Uh, just horror. There was only suffering. There was only sobbing. There was only heartbreak. There was only death. Father, why did you turn your back on your son? Why did you did not come down or at least right the wrongs committed there or send a host of heaven to get to deliver him. Why did you not do that? And if you listen real close, you'll hear God say, because I had a bigger plan. I had a better plan. Your salvation and the salvation of all who believed in my son rested upon his dying and rising from the grave. I have a better plan than the, than the small, petty ones you present to me. Many times God says, as a keyboard player comes, let me tell you the way I look at it sometimes. You may feel the same way. The problem sometimes is as we see it is God isn't listening to me, right? We think that sometimes. When things aren't going like they should, I'm quick to let God know that the problem begins because God doesn't seem to want to hear what I got to say. That's how we think. I mean, God told Habakkuk to write this down during the time uh, near the death of King Josiah. I mean, if you remember the story, King Josiah was the best king of Judah since the days of David. King Josiah had repaired the temple, found the book of the law. They began celebrating the Passover, and on and on we could go. Things was going well in Judah, but after a while, things began to start slipping away spiritually. And as soon as Josiah died, it was clear that the nation of Israel was going back to their evil ways quickly and thinking, and things was getting very, very bad. And Habakkuk was most likely a teenager during this reign of King Josiah, and had heard about the prophets of Jeremiah, and and heard about the prophets of Ezekiel and he prophesied about what was going on and yet nobody seemed to care. I'm sure this wasn't the first time Habakkuk had prayed to God about a mess that was going on in that, in that day and time because he asked God, Lord, God, <coughs> how long do I've got to cry out for help before you listen. Now hold on just a little bit. Stay with me just a second. Because that's been our prayers. Lord, how long do I got to cry out before you hear my cry? How long do I have got to cry out? How many times do I have to yell, help, murder, police, before you come to rescue? problem is sometimes I don't think God's listening to me. The other problem I think sometimes is God isn't looking at what is going on in our world today. Now you, you probably never thought that. I'll just, I'll just preach to me for a little bit right here. Not only is God not listening to me tattle on everybody, tell God about everything, but he can't be seeing what I'm seeing. Sister Marinette, surely if God could see what I see, surely he would do something about it. It's almost like God has turned a blind eye to the situation and Habakkuk was, was seeing the same issues and same problems that, that we're looking at today, even now in 2018. I can look out at our culture today and I say, Lord, 
This used to be a Christian nation. I don't see a lot of that anymore. When you've got people that'll take your flag and burn it, it's not a Christian nation anymore. When you've got people that'll speak negatively against the name of God, and in God we trust, you're, you're ceasing to be a Christian nation. When you've got leaders of our nation wanting to go after the enemy and the things of the world more so than they want to go after God, you cease to be a Christian nation. Now, let me just step out here on another, boat, another board here. I don't know what you think about Donald Trump. Don't care, really. I don't care. But there's one thing I appreciate, appreciate about this guy. Whether you agree with him or not, he still allows ministers to come in and lay hands on him and pray for him. You think, Pastor, he's saved? I don't know. That's between him and God. There's things he does I don't think is right. There's things he says I don't like him to say. Sometimes I wish he'd just shut up. I'm just being honest. But at least we have a president that acknowledges almighty God. Amen. And if there ever was a time you need to lift up your president, you better pray for him every day. I'm going to tell you, you don't understand everything going on, and I don't either, but I'm telling you, all hell itself is unleashed against this guy and this administration. I'm telling you. We need to lift him up. And we ask the question, why? Why do you force me to look at evil? Why do you force me to stare trouble in the face every day? Why do you force me to look at anarchy and violence that's breaking out on our television sets every day? Because they don't get their way. Why? Why, God? There's violence all around me. The word, God's word seems ineffective and life is unfair and injustice prevails. And sometimes I don't think you're seeing, God, what I'm seeing. The problem is, God, I don't think you're doing your job. It's a bold statement. But let's be honest. Sometimes we think, God, you must be on vacation because you don't have a clue where I am. Habakkuk thought that, I've thought that, and many of you have thought that same thing. So then, as we close, what do we do when it seems that God isn't listening? What do we do? What do we do when we feel like God isn't looking? What do we do? What do we do when we don't feel like God is doing his job or God doesn't give us an answer? Well, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, he gives us a very simple answer. And this is what he says. The righteous will live by faith. Pastor, that's not what the answer I wanted. I wanted things changed. The righteous will live by faith. That's not going to fix my marriage, Pastor. Yes, it will. The righteous will live by faith. It's not going to fix my circumstance that I'm involved in now, Pastor. Yeah, it will. The righteous will live by faith. What is faith? Faith is stepping out on nothing and trusting an almighty God to catch me. And he will. Faith is dealing with things that I don't have the answers to. I don't know. And sometimes as a pastor, I feel so inadequate because there's some of you that have come and talk with me and you ask me these questions. I'm sitting behind my desk or I'm sitting across the table from me and in my mind I'm thinking, dear Lord, what in the world am I going to say to this one? What, what kind of answer am I going to give to this question? I don't know. I don't know. And God shows up. Let me remind you this morning that we do not see the big picture like God sees it. There's many times that we're just going to simply have to trust in an almighty God. I've got to trust Him. I've got to trust Him. I've got to trust Him. When we don't think God is listening, He is. When we don't think God is seeing what's going on, He does. When we think God's not working, yes, He is. He's working. There's an old hymn that says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus except to trust and obey. The best way I can describe this to you from my viewpoint, 
is when I was growing up, many of you probably felt the same way. I, my kids felt the same way, at least, at least I think they did. But Sister Mavis, my dad could do no wrong. My mom could do no wrong. Dad was the strength of the house. Dad was the, the intercessor for the home. He was the, the priest of the home. And I remember when I got down and I had problems that I had no questions, answers for. I could always go to Daddy and we could talk. He'd answer the questions. Now, I may not like them. And the older I get, I think, Brother Keith, I said, the, said the old guy, he knew more than I thought he did when I was growing up. He knew more than I thought he did. And I look at him now at the age that he is, what is he, 75, 76, somewhere in there. And I still feel like probably he's the wisest guy I ever knew because of how he made me feel. But he was somebody that I could trust. No questions. You've heard me tell the funny story that when he took me deer hunting when I was four or five years old and he left me in the woods as a little kid and it got dark Karen and I was sitting in front of that little pond sitting on a little log and daddy was off turkey hunting as a little boy I got scared crickets started creaking and frogs started croaking and all kinds of noises that you begin to hear in the woods and I made myself I, I, I said that I didn't want to sit here I was waiting for dad to come but dad never showed up and as a little little kid, Brother Keith, I had enough, enough gumption. I said, look, I don't know where my father is, but I ain't sitting here, period. I was scared, slack. Dad had to run, he said, to catch up to me. Run and I hit him. Run into his gut, his belly. But as a little boy, I remember when I looked up and I saw his face and I looked into his eyes, everything was okay because my father was there. There are moments in our life in my spiritual walk with God that I feel like I can't sit here no more. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I don't know where my father is. He's not listening to me. He's not answering me. He's not hearing me. I, but I can't stay here. And I get up and I begin to run spiritually. And in my mind, in my spiritual mind, I, I visualize Sister Pam, my father, my heavenly father, running after me. And I run into his arms. And when I look and see his face, and I look and see in his eyes, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything is going to be okay. I didn't realize, Sister Kathy, how significant that little story was when I was back there. But it's meant a lot to me over the years. Because there's been many, many times where I've run to him. I've run to him. I run to him. I was praying at Cherry Street one day in the back of the building in between the pews wondering where God was. For many days I prayed, God, where are you? Are you listening to me? So would you just let me know that you're here? All of a sudden, I literally felt the arms of God wrap around me. I've never felt them since. Never felt them since. But at that moment, Sharon, I felt his arms. I mean, I literally felt his arms wrap around me. And at that moment, I was okay. I never prayed that prayer since then because I've always have known God is there. Yes, there are moments in our life that God doesn't answer. But the Bible tells us the righteous will live by faith. I'm going to trust him no matter what. Because I, I've lived long enough to know, Sister Virginia, right now, he's got me. He's got me. 
And I understand some of you are walking through that phase of your life, but hear me today. He's got you. He's got you. He's got you when you're up, and He's got you when you're down. He has got you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't want to hold you any longer than I have to today, but I do not want to turn you away without giving you opportunity to pray today. I don't want to turn this opportunity away without giving you an opportunity to seek the Father and to allow Him to come into your heart today. If you be honest with yourself, you say, Pastor, boy, I have felt that way so many times. I have felt that God is nowhere to be found. I have felt that I could cry out and cry out and cry out, but yet I feel like He doesn't hear me. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand, put it right back down real quick. That's me. Thank you. Lift up your hand, put it right back down. I need His presence today. I need His presence today. Thank you so much. I need Him to talk to me. I need Him to show me the way. I need Him to give me the strength to trust Him, to lean upon Him today. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand all over this house in the balcony, wherever you may be. That's me, Pastor. I want to trust Him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to trust Him today. I want to lean upon Him today. I'm so alone, it seems like at times, in my spirit. I just want God to come and speak. Let, him, let me know that He's there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Give us direction, Lord. Would you stand all over the house? Would you do me a favor one more time and just reach over and grab, grab that person's hand that you're standing beside? There's no doubt probably you're standing beside family or you're standing beside a friend or something. There's nobody that can pray for you like family can. There's nobody that can love you like family can. This is the way I feel like God would have us to close today. There were several of you that raised your hands this morning. And as we get ready to pray, I want you to pray for your neighbor on the left or the right because it's a possibility that they're the ones that raised their hand and asked God to touch them. But if you're family here today, then I just don't want you to pray a little simple prayer for your husband or for your wife or for your children. I want you to get with them. If some of you need to get out of the seats, that's fine. Get out of the seats and get up here up front. That's fine. But however, however that you can work it, I want you to pray over your family today and over your wife and over your husband today. I want you to speak the things that they need to hear because you know better than anybody maybe what they're going through. You know better than anybody the things that they're experiencing today. And I want God to use you and your words you say pastor I've not I've, I, well that's tough to pray over your wife and pray over your husband well it shouldn't be you need to start now it's hard to pray over your kids well it shouldn't be get those youngins pray over them cry over them today cry over them today And as I begin praying, I want you to do the same thing. And as I said, as I begin praying, if you need to move around, that's okay. Move around. And let's lift them up. Would you do that with me, Father? We come before you right now, Lord. We come before you in the name of Jesus today. Recognizing the fact, oh God, that we're nothing without you. 
recognizing the fact, God, that in you, everything exists. And even in the midst of my difficulty, even in the midst of my problem, even in the midst of my situation, Lord, you can come on the scene. You can do something, oh God, in me that needs to be done. And I'm asking you to do it today. All over this house, all over this house, hands are joined. Families are together. Husbands and wives, oh God, are praying over one another. Mothers and daughters and fathers and sons are lifting up one another today. God, we have sick among us. We have those that may be despondent. We have those that are in need of answers today. We have those, oh God, that is far away from you. And I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, oh Lord, to bring us home today. Let us join back with you, oh God. Let us put aside our indifferences. Let us put aside, oh God, those things that would hinder our walk with you. And let us, in the name of Jesus, oh God, be in unity together today in Jesus' name. Let us be in unity today, oh God, with you. Let us be in unity today, oh God, with our family, with our spouse. Let us be in unity, O oh God, with our church. Move the dark places aside. Shine your light upon us today. Shine your light upon us today, God. Shine your light upon us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you've not already done it, Dad. Dad, I'm asking you today, you lift your hands up and you, you, you lay hands on your family today. You're the priest of that home. You're the priest of that home. You're the Noah of your ark today. You have a right to pray for them. You've got a right to lay hands on them. You've got a right to speak the things of God over their life. You've got a right to, to, to declare a boldness in your home today and to ask the power of God to flow over your family. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord, I pray. Do it, Father, we pray. Help my family at home. Help Karen today and my mother-in-law and my dad and my mom today, oh God. Give them strength today. Oh God, touch my son in Jonesboro, my daughter-in-law and my grandson and granddaughter. Keep your hand upon them today, God. Lord, touch my daughter and my son-in-law here in this house today. Keep your hand upon them, oh Lord, we say. In the name of Jesus, oh God, open up their hearts, open up their minds, open up their hearts, oh God, to receive you today as never before. As never before. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Well, I'm telling you, I feel such a, such a heaviness this morning in my spirit. A heaviness in my heart today. Of God's presence that's just hovering, hovering around us today. Would you do me another favor before we go? And I know my time is already gone. If you have to go, I'm sorry, just go. But would you do me another favor today? Would you find some folk? Hopefully it's your family first. And I want you to love on them. I want you to embrace them. I want you to put your arms around them and love them. Tell them, hey, I want, to, I want to let you know I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. You can count on me. Would you do that today? If you don't have family, find somebody. We are all family here, but you let them know you love them today. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. Glory to your name. 
Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lift your hands up in the air today. Father, I bless these this people today in the name of Jesus. I bless them today in your name. God, I pray that you bless them as they go out today. I pray you bless them in whatever activity that's going on this afternoon and tonight. I pray blessing upon blessing upon their hearts today. As they go throughout this day, God, let them sense your presence as never before. As they go throughout this day, oh God, let them feel you. Oh Lord, I'm asking you right now. I pray a blessing upon them today. I pray a blessing on those that need healing. Let healing come. Let healing come. Those that despondent, God, get them up out of that pit that they're in today. Goes those that need to be set free, let them be set free. And let the shackles fall all around them now, says the Lord. I bless them with freedom today. I bless them, God, with your anointing today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, don't you feel better about yourself today? How many knows God's good? Hallelujah. All the time, He's good. God bless you today. Remember all the announcements we gave you earlier. God bless you.